Capital One Financial is one of Berkshire Hathaway's most recent stock investments. Likely a position from Ted Weschler or Todd Combs, Berkshire Hathaway spent nearly a billion dollars buying about 2% of the company. In the portfolios of those other managers, Capital One would be about a 5% position. We're analyzing Capital One Financial's stock ticker COF to see if its market price is a fair value. We're using the Select 6 analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating an intrinsic value for Capital One. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. There will be a key bonus metric along the way that just might be the tipping point when analyzing Capital One for your portfolio. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Capital One stock performance. Now, Capital One trades for $94.69 per share. In the last year, their stock price is down 20%. The company pays a 2.64% dividend yield, so total returns to shareholders have declined by 17% over this time. In the last five years, Capital One stock price is down 6% overall. In the last 10 years, Capital One is compounding at just under 4% annually. Going back prior to the global financial crisis, in the last 18 years, Capital One stock price is only up 14% overall. They're compounding at under 1% annually. Keep in mind the company's average dividend yield is in addition to their compounded annual returns. Capital One trades just $10 above their 52-week low. The company is down $30 from their 52-week high. 2% of their shares are sold short. Capital One is a big business. They have nearly a $35 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why might someone at Berkshire be investing into the business? Capital One is a diversified financial service holding company headquartered in McLean, Virginia. Originally a spinoff of Signet Financial's credit card division in 1994, the company is now primarily involved in credit card lending, auto loans, and commercial lending. Starting things off with metric number one, as a consumer financial company, we want their average return on equity in the last five years to be above 14%. During this time, Capital One's return on equity has been all over the place. They saw a big decline in 2020. That rebounded very sharply in 2021. Things have leveled out since then, pretty much back to historical norms. During this time, Capital One earns about 12% returns on equity in a given year. While that's solidly above a typical business, that's just a couple percentage points below the benchmark we'd be looking for, meaning this is an X on metric number one. Metric number two, we're looking at growth. We want to see five-year growth in their revenues, earnings, and free cash flows. This metrics, all or nothing, all three of these have to be up for this to be a check. We're also including their last 12 months worth of numbers in our calculations. During this time, Capital One grew their revenues by 21%. Their earnings are just very slightly down. They're down one and a half percent. The company though has grown their free cash flows by 31%. Because their earnings are down, this is an X on metric number two with those very slight declines. Metric number three, we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder by looking for earnings per share growth in the last five years for Capital One. Even though the company's earnings are slightly down during this period, Capital One has bought back a fifth of the company, repurchasing 20% of their shares outstanding in the last five years alone. These are huge buybacks that are far outpacing the declines in their earnings. This is a big check on metric number three, as Capital One has repurchased so much of the business during this time. Metric number four, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth in the last five years. With the company's free cash flows up and their 20% share buybacks, this is a big check on metric number four. This is a big increase in their free cash flows per share. And so far through our first four metrics, we're split evenly. We have two checks and two X's for Capital One. 
During economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are likely at the greatest risks of poor outcomes. We want Capital One's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the amount of free cash flow the company has produced in their last five years. The company dramatically reduced their net debt from 2020 until today. Right now, they have about $4.9 billion worth of net debt. And during the last five years, Capital One has produced $68 billion worth of free cash flow. That would be able to support even their highest debt loads over this time. It very easily supports their current net debt position. This is another big check on metric number five. Capital One is very cash flow generative relative to the debt that they're using in the business. Before getting to metric number six, it's time for our bonus. As our bonus, we're looking at Capital One's dividend profile. Right now, Capital One pays a 2.64% dividend yield. This is above the dividend yield from an S&P 500 ETF. However, people make mistakes all the time by blindly chasing dividends. It's important to stop and look at the underlying fundamentals of a business to see if they're able to support their dividends or not. Looking at both the business's earnings and their free cash flows, in all five of these years, Capital One easily supported their dividend payouts. They've been returning a lot of capital to shareholders over this time through these increasing dividends and their share buybacks. The company cut their dividend in 2020. Since then, they've more than doubled this, and it's continued to grow into 2023. At the same time, the company's easily supported their dividends in all five of these years. While this is a snapshot of their last five years of performance and no guarantee for the future, Capital One's dividends seems to be supported and in healthy shape right now. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Capital One's average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. Right now, Capital One has just under a $35 billion market cap, and they have about $5 billion worth of net debt. Total enterprise value combines market cap and net debt, so Capital One has about a $40 billion total enterprise value. In the last five years, the company produced $68 billion worth of free cash flow meaning they produce about $13.6 billion worth of free cash flow in an average year. When that's divided by their $40 billion total enterprise value, that gives us a 34% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield for Capital One. On a current basis, the company produced about $12 billion worth of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their $40 billion total enterprise value, that gives about a 30% free cash flow to enterprise value yield. Sometimes free cash flow is not always the most indicative number for a consumer finance company. Even looking at the company's earnings, this is a similar high-yielding story. The company had $34 billion worth of earnings in their last five years, meaning in an average year, they produce about $6.8 billion worth of earnings. When that's divided by their $40 billion total enterprise value, that gives a 17% average five-year earnings to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Capital One earned $5.9 billion worth of earnings in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their $40 billion total enterprise value, that gives just under a 15% current earnings yield for the company. No matter which way you slice it, using either their earnings or their free cash flows, these are huge yields for Capital One. This is a monster check on metric number six and is likely one of the primary reasons someone at Berkshire was interested in the business. Don't just run out and go buy the business. This analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Stick around as we come to a more concrete estimate for a fair stock price for Capital One. As we dig in and do more work on the business.
Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Capital One, which takes us on to using a DCF analysis to come to an estimate of a fair value for Capital One. A DCF analysis is based off the predictability of a company's cash flows or earnings. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. Capital One has been a highly predictable business in its past. As a consumer financial company, we're going to be discounting their future earnings. We're starting with a three-year average of their earnings per share and growing these into the future using historical historical assumptions. It's up to you to figure out if these are accurate and applicable going forward for the company. Assuming the company grows their th average three-year earnings at just under 9% annually for the next decade, then assuming this growth is slashed in half for the decade out from there. If we were seeking a 15% rate of return, which is the rate of return Warren Buffett's looking for from his investments, in addition to his margin of safety requirements, at today's valuations, it looks like an estimate of Capital One's fair intrinsic value is around $137 per share. That's up nearly $40 from the company's current stock price, looking like there could be a margin of safety in the business. There are key points to be mindful of here. Capital One has been highly predictable in its past. That's no guarantee for the future as this could change. This 15% discount rate is an estimate of total returns to shareholders. Again, this is based off a three-year average of their earnings per share. The company has done quite well since 2020, especially compared to their historical performance. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Before considering any investment decision, consult with your financial advisor. In just a moment, we'll give our final rating to Capital One. But we have to address something first. We focused a lot on the numbers, but what are the qualitative aspects that really set Capital One apart? Starting with the qualitative aspects supporting a potential long thesis, number one, rising interest rates should provide a tailwind for Capital One's net interest income as margins expand. Number two, technology investments, the transition away from legacy data centers, and its reduction in the branch count should help the company reduce costs in the coming years. Number three, Capital One's credit card portfolio has begun to grow again, providing a boost to the company's net interest margins and revenue growth. Then the qualitative points supporting a potential short thesis. Number one, Capital One competes with online banks for deposits. This competition pushes its interest costs up as the bank must offer competitive rates. Number two, Capital One is exposed to a significant amount of subprime lending through its credit card and auto loan segments while credit costs are set to rise. Number three, credit card reward spending continues to ride industry-wide and competition for credit card holders remains intense. This will likely lead to higher spending for Capital One and could threaten returns on its credit cards. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative aspects of the business. Now it's time for our rating. In analyzing Capital One Financial, stock ticker COF, we learned the company earns above average returns on equity of about 12% annually. They were slightly below the benchmark we'd be looking for, however. The company has grown their free cash flows and their revenues in the last five years. At the same time that they've repurchased nearly a fifth of the company, buying back 20% of their shares. However, their earnings are slightly down during this time. Both their earnings and their free cash flows easily support the company's debt position. And both an earnings and a free cash cash flow yield, looking at it from a five-year perspective or on a current basis, are far and above the yield of the 10-year treasury. Capital One has also easily supported their dividend payouts throughout this time. While they reset their dividend to a lower base in 2020, the company has more than doubled that in the last three years alone. It's worth reiterating this analysis is not financial advice. When performing our discounted cash flow analysis, if you've done the work and you believe those historical growth assumptions, from today's valuations of Capital One, if you are seeking a 15% rate of return, 
return, an estimate of a fair stock price for the company is around $137 per share. That's significantly above the company's current price. Combining the factors of our analysis together, Capital One looks like an exceptional candidate for further research, especially considering the news out of Berkshire Hathaway in the first quarter. If you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, comment down below what business you want me to look at next time. Thanks for learning about Capital One with me and have a great day.